Hello and welcome to Next Level Ops, a podcast that explores tools, tips, and techniques for hosting and managing websites presented by Plesk. My name's Joe Casabona, and today our guest is my friend Patrick Rowland. He's an e-commerce and uh, an entrepreneur and educator, and we are going to be talking about self-hosted versus hosted e-commerce. I'm really excited about that. Before I bring in Patrick, though, I do want to give you a quick reminder to follow our podcast and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. All right, now let's get on with the show. Patrick, how are you today? I'm doing pretty darn good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm excited that you agreed to come on to talk about uh, self-hosted versus hosted e-commerce. Yeah. Uh, so throughout the year, we've been talking about having a digital presence um, and kind of the the global pandemic um, and how it affected kind of people being online and getting their shops online and things like that. And so that's been the main focus of the show so far. Uh, and so I think self-hosted versus hosted is good. I think a lot of people in uh, the web development community, tech savvy people are more likely to maybe choose a self-hosted option, but there are benefits to both that we are going to talk about today. But before we get into all that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So uh, relating to this conversation, uh, I've built e-commerce sites for clients. Uh, I have supported e-commerce software. I've developed e-commerce software. I've product managed e-commerce software. I've taught e-commerce to like new merchants. And then because I, I like to also turn academic knowledge into applied knowledge. I also sell my own e-commerce product on my own website and maintain it and do all the things associated with it just so I am very familiar with the process. So I'm I'm pretty sure I've done everything when it comes to e-commerce. If there's a job I haven't done, let me know. That's fantastic. I and I love that you say that. And you know, because there's like this old adage, right? That those who can't do teach. Uh, And I think that both of us have the same of philosophy that if we're going to teach, then we need to do. Yeah. Um, and and just real quick, your own e-commerce product is like a physical product, right? Totally. It's something I had. So I ran a Kickstarter campaign. I, gosh, it's, boy, time is flying. But I think in 2019, uh, it, it funded, that gave me enough money to make a giant order of, I think, 3,000 games from China, which came over in oh. a giant boat. I had to deal with imports and taxes and lead times and all sorts of fun stuff. And uh, I live in a little apartment, so I now have to pay for a storage unit and sh- I ship them all <laughs> myself. It's a whole, th- I mean, you know, most of my day job is software and e-commerce software, but dealing with the physical products is a challenge and it, it's a fun challenge, but it's still a challenge. Yeah, and it and it gives you this uh, added perspective, right? Because again, I, I mean, I I did a crowdfunding campaign in late 2020, um, and I did like a printed version of this book I wrote, mm-hmm. and I'm just doing it through like Kindle Direct or whatever, and it's still like giving me agita. I'm like, I need to lay it out the right way, yeah. and oh, I didn't account for the fact that like some people backed me from India, and now I need to figure out shipping for that um, from the United States, which can be pricey. Um, or like any, anywhere far away is I, I just kind of assumed, oh, well, it's a bunch of Americans are going to back this, but that wasn't the case. It was a global project. So, um, it's cool that you had that perspective as well. Yeah. Uh, And I think, I think it helps, um, kind of lend to this, to to the conversation we're having because self-hosted versus hosted anything is common among developer types, right? Mm -hmm. That you should own your own platform and you should make sure to do everything yourself. 
Um, and those are the people that are actually building out the experiences. But the business owners who maybe here self-hosted and are like, does that mean I need to like know code? Does that mean I need to run my own server? Or maybe it means I don't really know what I need to know versus running the business and just having a website. Um, and so first, why don't we define yeah. uh, what is self-hosted, what is hosted? Yeah, a great starting point. Um, so the easiest way to think about this is the difference between owning a thing and renting a thing. And you can think of this in terms of like a car or maybe also like your home. So whether you own your own home or whether you rent something or whether you own your own car or whether you rent something. And I think generally in the States, we're very much like, we love to like own our houses and own our cars. It's a very cultural thing, which is awesome. But I just this uh, just a month ago had to sell my car that I had for like, eight years. And I did the math of how much I bought it for, how much I sold it for, how much I paid in maintenance and insurance every year. And it was something like $3,000 a year is what it cost me. So when I think about it that way, and I live downtown, I'm like, boy, I probably could have just gotten to an Uber for the times I have to go somewhere. And I, I can walk to the post office. I can walk to the grocery store. I can walk here. I actually think I made a, a bad financial choice by owning a car for the last eight years, uh, based on when you actually do all the math. Um, you know, sometimes it's more expensive than you think it will be. But um, of course, when you rent something, then you don't have access to it all the time. For example, if I want to, if I have an emergency and I have to go somewhere at 2 a.m., God, I don't know what for, that's hard to do when you rent something, right? It's hard to, you can do it now with Lyft and, and, and Uber if you're in a big city, but if you're not in a big city, you can't always do that. So owning something gives you flexibility. You can always customize something the way you want it. Renting something, which would be um, like a, a, a hosted software, gives you, it's so much easier to do. It's so much easier to run, um, but it, it might cost you a little bit more. Yeah, that's that's such a great analogy too, right? Because, and it does, it depends on your situation, right? Totally. Living in New York City, totally. Uh, you probably don't want to own a car or an apartment. Yep. It makes more sense uh, to use public transit and to yep. rent because property value yep. is extremely high there. Yep. And I, I, and you know what? I actually like the idea of like thinking about, uh, let's think about a city for a second. So in, and speaking of like e-commerce software, um, if you're thinking of a hosted e-commerce platform like Shopify, that's a very big city. So there's a lot of stuff built into it. Whereas maybe there's, there's other e-commerce platforms that are less big. And then it feels like that's a smaller city. Like, you know, I used to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know, it's mm. still a city, but obviously very different than New York. So that's another way to think about it, is in, in a place like Green Bay, you still have to own a car. In a place like New York, it's so big. There's so much infrastructure built into it that you may not have to own a car in a place like New York. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, um, I used to live in Scranton and I used, mm -hmm. to, I used to say like, you know, I couldn't find something to do or something to get at, at uh, two in the morning, we'll say, and I'm like, Scranton has a bedtime. Now as a parent, yep. doing anything at two in the morning is like, <laughs> it just hurts me. But, <laughs> you know, at, in New York City, you could find like a, you can go to a hardware store at like four in the morning. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I love that analogy. And so self-hosted would be owning the house or Correct. owning the car. Uh, hosted would be renting the house yep. or renting the car. Totally. And uh, what are some popular platforms for each? Yeah, great. Uh, so I, I generally think that the biggest name right now in all of e-commerce is Shopify. And generally people, the question isn't now what 
platform should I use? It's should I use Shopify? Like that's become mm-hmm. the the default. Um, so that is a hosted e-commerce platform that is built for, it's built for merchants. Um, there are some other smaller ones out there. Like you might want to think of like uh, big commerce is another one that's similar to Shopify. Uh, there's Volusion. There's, there's a bunch of other smaller uh, e-commerce, hosted e-commerce platforms. I, I generally don't, I don't go too far down because most of the stuff you want is probably going to be in Shopify. Um, so I, I generally look at Shopify, maybe big commerce or something else much, much smaller. And on the uh, self-hosted side, um, the oldest player is probably Magento. That if like you were around 10 years ago, that was one of the first big uh, e- applications on the web, but it really was an e-commerce application. Um, smaller, uh, more recent than that is WooCommerce, but that is still a massive player. And that is actually um, arguably the the most common e-commerce platform online. If you go to trends.builtwith.com, if you go to BuiltWith, you can see all other e-commerce platforms and WooCommerce Checkout is the biggest uh, e-commerce platform in terms of the number of sites in the world. Um, and that's just because it's really easy to add onto WordPress because it's built on top of WordPress. But WooCommerce and Magento are probably the two biggest self-hosted platforms. And then Shopify and BigCommerce are probably the two biggest hosted e-commerce platforms. Gotcha. And then where do platforms like um, Etsy or Big Cartel fall into? Uh, I don't know if Big Cartel is still a thing. Did I just like date myself? <laughs> um, it's it's still a thing. Uh, the, the the weird thing about e-commerce software is it's... Uh, it, it's sort of lock. I don't want to say locks you in, but it's like once you built a store, it's hard to move. So mm-hmm. that's why like Magento is still really popular, is because it's popular ten years ago and people just haven't moved off of it. So I don't see a lot of people going to big uh, big cartel now, uh, but that there's still probably lots of people on it. Uh, well, gotcha. Oh, the other one you said was Etsy. Uh, yeah. So let me give you two different ones then. So something like Etsy and maybe even Amazon are, I would call those marketplaces. Now, they're still very hosted. Like in terms of, are they more like self-hosted or are they more like hosted? They're definitely a lot more like hosted because you don't have to update any software. Um, You don't have to, when something goes wrong, Amazon's going to take care of it. You don't have to take care of it. Um, But I would probably call those marketplaces, um, which is a little bit different than, you know, it's like selling your your product through a Walmart or through a Target Mm -hmm. rather than selling it through your own brick and mortar store, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just to, just to make this whole conversation well-rounded, we also have um, ho- hosted solutions like Cotton Bureau, which also do the printing and fulfillment and stuff like that as well. Yeah, there's lots of those. Cool. Uh, so, but in general, we're gonna we're going to try to rein it into just kind of the the first two we talked about. We're going to assume that you are perhaps a store owner or you have a client who is trying to get their business online to sell digital or physical goods. Um, and so we we in in defining the hosted and self hosted um, terms, we did talk a little bit about the pros and cons. And so far as if you've ever owned a house and rented a house, you know that. Um, great, you can do, you can paint the walls whatever color you want if you own, but then if uh, your HVAC dies, you are out 10 grand replacing your HVAC. Um, But uh, in general, maybe we can get a a pros and cons list list of uh, let's do uh, hosted first and then self-hosted. Yeah. So, and let me just give you an actual example. Um, So uh, that product that I created over a year ago was a little cute card game called Fry Thief. And I actually started... I built a site on Shopify first. Um, And part of the reason is because generally 
hosted solutions like Shopify are very fast to set up. You don't have a lot of other considerations that you have to make. You just go, cool, I want to host it on a, a hosted platform like Shopify. And then I'm going to uh, upload some product photos. I'm going to up- change a couple colors. I'm going to set my shipping price to this. It'll import tax rates for you. Uh, and boom, 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 boom. You can get that. You could, if you knew what you were doing, get that done in, a, in an afternoon or a day. So you c- they're very fast to set up. Uh, and there's less mental overload. There's less things that you have to consider um, in terms of uh, in terms of building that site, which is awesome, right? If you want to get something up, uh, getting something set up quickly, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, uh, so another ad- advantage uh, for Hosted is, and I actually go back to when I went rented, I think it was my first apartment out of college uh, in Green Bay. Something in the dishwasher broke. I don't quite remember what. I remember going, oh man, the dishwasher broke. I went to work. I filed some sort of like maintenance report. And literally by the time I got home at the end of my workday, the, the maintenance guy had, had nothing else to do that day, I guess. Walked into my apartment. You know, he had, I gave him permission, fixed the thing and it was done. Like I, you literally, there are certain times you literally cannot fix a thing as fast as a hosted company can fix it for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have a a very similar story where my heat was broken. And uh, actually, the first guy I talked to was like, well, just open your oven and turn it on. And I'm like, that's that's terrible advice. (laughs) And like, but before I could rip into him, I guess his coworker came by and and fixed my heat. And right. If my, again, if my heat was broken in my house, I'd have to call a contractor. He might not be able to come out. It was a Sunday, whatever. And I, okay, so two other things there. So number one, and this is, this is maybe my biggest, uh, my biggest thing. No, I've, I got two. I got two things that are tied for the biggest. One of them is you have to be able to diagnose the problem when, when it's self-hosted. You have to know who to call. So as an example, uh, I have a, a condo right now, so I, I own it on the inside. Um, and I have like a window that's wobbly is the best description. I don't know how to fix a wobbly window. Why is it wobbly? Mm-hmm. What, do I need to call a glass person or a window person? And because yeah. it's a condo and not like a, a whole house, you generally own from the paint in, like, do I control that or gotcha. do you? So there's like blame shifting. Mm-hmm. There's all, you have to like diagnose problems. Uh, whereas with hosted software, you just say, my reports aren't loading, please fix it. And they will generally be able to solve and diagnose the problem for you. That is magical. Um, the other one I, I just want to mention before I forget is they will often fix things before you notice them, right? Think about how many problems are solved. Like there's a weird DNS issue or your email stops working for an hour. If you weren't, if you're, no one ordered from your store in that hour, then no one missed an email. And then they've literally solved the problem before you ever noticed it. So Mm -hmm. there's literally problems that you just don't have to ever think about when you have a hosted platform. Maybe your site was down for three minutes, but they took it back up all on their own. So those are, those are the big ones, right? So it's, it's diagnosing problems. Uh, It's that they fix problems uh, quickly, they fix problems before you know about them. They're very fast to get going. Um, those are all fantastic things about um, hosted platforms. Should I go on to uh, self-hosted, or we can keep we can keep gossiping about hosted ones? Yeah, I mean, what you said there, remind again. If if we're gonna just we'll just run with this yeah. analogy throughout the rest of the show. But uh, again, in an apartment building, right? If the heat's out, if the yep. heat's not working, and you're at work, and they fix it before you get home, right? You would have had no idea, yes. right? Um, whereas like with, or the power goes out, that's a perfect example, right? Cause if the power goes out, yep. like I could like look out the door of my apartment and see all the lights were off. Right. But now I have to like 
go outside, look around, <laughs> see if my neighbors are. I'm like, are there lights on? Did the power is the whole is the power out for the whole block? Like, right. Uh, <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I think I think everything you say there, it's fast, less mental uh, overhead. You don't need to die. Like you, you don't need to have any technical know-how. Correct. Uh, in order to maintain your e-commerce shop. Correct. And that is fantastic. Um, okay, so moving over uh, to self-hosted then. So I actually switched off of Shopify a few months later. Part, part of that's because I have a, a lot of experience with WooCommerce. I, I worked for them for a while. Um, but part of that is because I actually had a problem. And um, one of the downsides of hosted is if they have something that maybe is just not possible for them to do with however, however, whatever their team structures like, whatever their build process structures like, whatever their bug. And this is all behind the scenes. You don't know what that is. But whatever, if they have something that's just hard for them or impossible to do, it's literally impossible for you to do. So an example of this is I was having some issues with, for whatever reason, my Shopify site didn't like, um, the issue was my site was loading slowly because the images were just ginormous. And for whatever reason, with the theme I chose or some setting in Shopify that I could not find, the images were like six megabytes. Um, Now I could have had a workaround where I downloaded the images saved them myself, re-uploaded them. I could have done the work, but I said, hey, this is kind of your job. You should be able to resize and optimize my images for me. And they could not solve it. So I got on support and for whatever, something was broken. Maybe it was the theme, maybe it was Shopify. I, I I don't know where the problem was. They were not able to solve it. So I had this huge, I have like six megabyte images loading um, for just in case people don't know. Most images are going to be like 100, around 100 kilobytes or like less on an optimized website. So it's like, right. 10 times the size they yeah. should have been. Orders of magnitude. Um, which which increases the load time for your website. Correct. And yeah, uh, which, which affects SEO and a whole bunch of other things. There's one other problem, again, that I also reached out to support. I was getting all emails except for order emails. So wow. that's a problem because I have to ship products myself. And I what I learned to do, and I just had to do figure out some workaround where they would come on my phone. So I get a push notification on my phone and I would never dismiss it because I would get all sorts of other emails, but the order emails weren't coming through and I got in support and they said it was working. Maybe it was some weird Gmail spam filter that I couldn't figure out, but it was very frustrating that it was just, I, you. if support can't solve your problem, it is unsolvable. One of the nice things about self-hosted is, um, so as an example, boy, this is so technical. If you really want to, you can throw out the the part of your website that controls emails called your SMTP uh, provider. You can just go, I don't like this SMTP, SMTP provider. I can throw it out and get a new one. Or because again, a lot of store owners are not going to know this. You can hire a developer who can diagnose the problem, go, oh, your SMTP provider is broken. Let us get a new one for you. You know, they're, they're trivial. They're usually free or like five, 10 bucks a month. And then that might solve that problem. And then if the images aren't resizing, you can resize them yourself. So there's ni- it's nice that generally 90 to 95% of the things you need on a hosted e-commerce, on a hosted anything are taken care of for you automatically with, with hosted software. It's great. But sometimes there are these 5 to 10% edge issues that are tricky or impossible and you cannot solve them. Um, so if, so this is where, like, this is a really tricky conversation to have with people. And I'll generally ask them, how much, con- how important is this to your business? And do you want to have ultimate control? Because if you want ultimate control, you, you probably want to go the self-hosted route. If it's, you know, a small part of your business, you're just getting up and running, you're probably fine with, with hosted in the beginning. And then at some point you might want to switch to self-hosted so you can always solve these problems when they come up. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really important point to make, right? Is that you're you're not necessarily, I mean, we kind of said the opposite earlier, but you're not necessarily locked in to a specific vendor. Um, you know, just like if you have a brick and mortar store and you don't like the location, you Right. It's it's not the easiest thing, but you right. can change the location. Um Yep. But yeah, Joe, so, that, that's uh, the right way to think about that. Is it, it is a lot of work to switch. So once someone gets an e-commerce website up and running, you know, it if you have to switch your store, it's like that might cost you a lot in development costs or your site being down and moving to a different platform. Like it's totally possible to switch, but now there's a a cost. So mm-hmm. it it's not impossible, but just it costs you something. Yeah, and you do want to try to think about it yep. on the front end, right? So yep. that you you don't incur those switching costs later. But I mean, in in your example, right? Um, and granted, you you have developed, you've worked for WooCommerce, so yep. uh, you knew what you were doing. Um, uh, it's it's the same as uh, my brother bought like a, a short sale house and fixed it up himself. Yeah, I can never do that. Yeah. I can't yeah. do anything with my hands. <laughs> like I can't. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but you were able to move from Shopify, and and this was like a one product store. Correct. So it's not like you had huge inventory, but. But the orders thing is a big deal. Um, yes. I ordered, I ordered uh, a an expensive fountain pen from a website, mm-hmm. and the order confirmation went to spam. Uh huh. And I'm a WordPress developer, and I'm like, I bet I know what happened. I looked uh-huh. at his site; it was a WooCommerce site. Uh huh. And I just I emailed him, and I was like, Hey, just so you, I don't know if other people are complaining that that uh, their email goes to spam, but here are two ways you can fix it. Yeah, and he was like, "Thank you." He's like, "I I do have this problem." Oh, um, so great. yeah, but I wouldn't be able to do that with yep. with uh, Shopify, right? I'd have to be like, "Hey, uh, you got to tell Shopify that your emails are going yep. to spam." Yep, uh, it's tricky um, because I so I, I think for new merchants, if you're if you're not a developer, you have to diagnose problems. Like it sounds like that guy didn't know what his problem was, right? You don't even. Who right. knows what an SMTP provider is until you have like right. a problem with it for the first time and then you learn. Um, but until that first thing happens, you have to like go onto Google and be like, emails going into spam WooCommerce. Uh, and that's, right. that takes time where Shopify is probably going to solve that problem for you. But in the off chance they can't, it's impossible to fix. Right, right. Absolutely. And so um, as we kind of approach the uh, the the tail end of this guy. I can't believe we've already been talking for 20 minutes or whatever. Um, but uh, as, as we come to the tail end here, right, we, first of all, there's no way that we can make this decision for you. Right. Um, but based on the pros and cons, we talked about how quickly do you want to get set up? How much control do you want to have? Uh, are you willing to switch later if you need to? Yep. Uh, like these sort of things. Um, then you can determine if you want to go hosted, and it sounds like probably Shopify is, is your best bet for hosted at this point. Oh, yes. Uh, that's a question. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. Shopify is probably the, is the default. I would, if you're, especially if you're a non-technical merchant, I'm guessing th- two thirds, three quarters of people might choose the Shopify. There are some other options. I like big commerce for like really big stores that just, their functionality is geared for like if you have thousands of products, it just visually makes sense. But generally, it's probably going to be like a Shopify because they have so much infrastructure built in. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and then, um, and then if uh, if you do want to go the self hosted route, um, I would recommend WooCommerce yep. in most cases. Um, 
Uh, yeah, do you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I'd, I'd agree. I think WooCommerce is good in most cases. I, I having spent some time at Nexus um, in the last year and a bit, um, I've seen a lot more value in Magento. But that's generally for people who have like, uh, you know, like a thirty grand budget. Like you can do some really cool stuff and build really. You can build really cool PWAs, progressive web apps, and have headless mm-hmm. e-commerce with Magento. There's some really cool stuff, but that's there's sort of like a minimum buy-in cost. So if you have a big budget, Magento is really cool. But for again, most people probably WooCommerce. Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds almost like uh, WordPress versus like Expression Engine or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So WooCommerce for self-hosted. Now, if you if you do go the self-hosted route, something that we haven't really talked about yet is that uh, you need to you need to find hosting. Uh, you need to, you know, if we're talking about the house, right? If, uh, yep. if you're renting, it's going to come with appliances. If you're buying, it probably won't, right? Right. Um, and so the appliances you're going to need are, are um, hosting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably need to set up your own payment gateways, things like that. Yeah. And, and some of those things you do need to do with hosted, right? So even on a Shopify, you still have to set up your payment gateway. Um, you still have to like almost all the platforms will help you at least import tax rates and you probably want to set up some shipping stuff. So there's, there's functionality you have to sh- set up on all of these. There's probably a couple extra things for uh, for a self-hosted site that you have to set up, which would be like, yeah, you probably should set up a little SMTP uh, in addition to mm-hmm. payment shipping taxes, probably set up some like SMTP um, functionality and, and hosting and stuff like that. Uh, in addition to, and then traditional, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about with like reporting and marketing and newsletters that are sort of other e-commerce functionality that's not critical to the business, but helps you make more money. Yeah, and are those things that that come with Shop like Shopify? Great question. Yeah, so Shopify is a really good app marketplace. Um, WooCommerce has an extension marketplace. They're very similar. Um, so with Shopify, they're generally add-ons, and almost everything is five to ten bucks extra a month. Some things are more, and that is almost all covered in the Shopify app store. Um, so Shopify will help you with payments shipping and taxes sort of built in. And if you want something like there's special tax things you can add on through the app store and special shipping things you can add on through the, the app store. But most people are just going to use the, the the stuff that's already built in. And then there are things like um, reporting, um, like real, like really nice graphs uh, or third party stuff. Uh, there's marketing automation, which is like sending people an email two weeks after they've received it to ask them for a review of the product. That'd be like marketing automation. Um, customer support is probably something that you get through an app. Um, maybe if you have an affiliate program or a giveaway program or whatever, that's usually taken care of through there. Um, you want to look for something that ha- manages your returns. If you um, in in the board game world you know, people are generally very happy and it's not like you can buy the wrong size. So I don't have to mm-hmm. worry about that. But if you're selling clothes, certain industries like women's clothing has something like a 90% return rate, return and exchange rate. So wow. you have to have extra software for certain industries that just helps you manage cer- certain little bits of the e-com of your e-commerce. We'll call it the tech stack, all the little pieces of functionality that you need to, to have a, a fully functional store. Wow, that's super interesting. So I, I actually didn't realize, I just kind of assumed that Shopify had like one of those like vendor deals with Stripe where they were like, but I guess but, I guess that's a little oversimplified, right? For a global e-commerce platform. I mean, so they do. And it's, by the way, it's called Shopify Payments. So Shopify Payments more or less equals Stripe, um, but it's okay. all white labeled it's through their dashboard. It's, it's very nice. Um, and that is the default that they recommend, but you can still choose different payment gateways and you still do have to like go through an account process after your mm-hmm. main Shopify account process, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. So they know where to send the money and, and the... Right. And you can stuff. create a regular Shopify account and set up a test store with 
like an email address, but then to do, uh, to have live payments, then you have to have like your business tax identification number, uh, an extra documentation to start accepting payments. Which gotcha. Gotcha. That, that makes perfect sense. Um, and you know, I don't want to get too much into the weeds about this, but you did mention payments, shipping, taxes, um, tax, I, taxes are like a crapshoot. Uh, <laughs> especially like in the United States, it's like state-based, yep. right? Um, I learned through my accountant, which uh, by the way, you should, you should have an yes. accountant. I'm not an accountant. Um, that, you know, I, I do need to charge sales tax for my online courses if I'm selling from Pennsylvania, selling to somebody in Pennsylvania, but not outside the state. So yep. all, little nuanced things like that. Yep. It, it's nice to have a tool that kind of helps you with those things. Yep. So, so that's, Joe, that's, this is a really good point. Um, so both Shopify and WooCommerce will sort of help import tax rates for you in the beginning, which is great. Um, and Shopify even, I, don't, don't quote me on this, um, but I want to say they also keep them updated uh, within their system, which is really nice if your state increases taxes. But mm-hmm. one of the things they don't do is they don't really know what industry you're in. So certain things are taxed at different rates and certain things are tax exempt. So always have some sort of tax professional, just double check all, go and do your own research, but then have a tax professional double check all of your numbers just to make sure that, you know, certain things are taxed in certain ways. Um, if you want to have like a good, starting point, there's a great company called TaxJar, um, and they have really good state by, in, in the U.S., state-by-state state guides on what is taxable, what is not. Um, it's a great starting point, but still have a just a tax prof- professional double check. And, you know, Joe, in terms of like, you know, extra costs, you know, it's like, a, let's go back to our homeowning analogy. Whether you rent or whether you own, you can still pay people to cut your lawn. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that, w- that might be a tax service that just updates your taxes for you automatically. And there are services like TaxJar and Avalara and other ones uh, that even you can do buy through Shopify or WooCommerce that'll help you take care of those taxes so you don't have to do everything. Yeah, and and again, stuff like that is totally worth it, right? It um, saves so, you a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to, before we get into mm-hmm. our... Uh, our final part of this discussion, which uh, I'll, I'll tease that Patrick mentioned that at the top of the show, um, or uh, pre-show, is uh, a hybrid approach that might be very appealing, um, is you mentioned marketing automation. Uh, I know that there are outside tools for cart abandonment, like uh, Jilt is one of them that I'm familiar with that works with both um, WooCommerce and Shopify. Um, but again, if we're looking at the self-hosted, right, that's another feature that you need to add in yourself. WooCommerce does the, the basics, the shopping cart, the inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, are there things like that built into Shopify or is it basically kind of the same thing and then everything's an add-on? I, I'm not, I'm not sure I got that, but let me see if I can answer this anyways. So yeah, there, there's similar models where both platforms have a sort of a core product. And there's lots of little extensions that you can get Shopify through the app store, WooCommerce through the extension marketplace. Although because WooCommerce is open source and is built on top of WordPress, there's also a whole bunch of free um, extensions that you can get through the WordPress.org plugin repository, the plugin repo. Um, So you can get both of them handle your core business, which is a cart, Mm -hmm. uh, syncing, having product data and product details, um, they handle that core function and managing orders. They handle all that. And then you can get, you know, apps from Shopify or extensions or plugins for WooCommerce. Did that answer the question? Did I hear that right? 
Yeah, yeah, okay. that's that's exactly right. Um, yeah, because, you, you know, you wonder, like, you, you don't necessarily know what you need. I didn't know what card abandonment was until I started selling my own stuff. And um, if that's like a feature inside Shopify, but it sounds like it's it's not, right? That's just kind of an extra thing. They have some, they have some basic stuff built in. I don't remember exactly what it's called. Shopify does have something, I want to say it's just like a checkbox in your admin settings, but there is there is some stuff like that built into Shopify. Gotcha, gotcha, cool. Uh, well, this has been such a great conversation. Um, and and so um, if someone kind of seems overwhelmed, they're not sure if they want to go the fully self-hosted route, um, it sounds like there's a, there's a secret third option, right? Some, some hybrid model. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I think the hybridization, uh, and this is something people have been talking about in the WordPress space a little bit, is we're basically exporting large chunks of our site to work on a SaaS, but the core website is still your own, which is very nice. So basically all the things you just mentioned with like, um, so there's a, you know, there's a reporting uh, extension for uh, WooCommerce and Shopify called Metric. So you can export your reporting to a third party. Um, You can export your inventory syncing. So if you have a brick and mortar store and an online store, inventory syncing can be handled by something like Square. And there's a bunch, there's a million other ones out there. Um, And all this marketing and uh, affiliates uh, returns, um, all that can be handled by a, a third party that is a little a hosted service on its own. And then basically you just have to manage the core website. And then if you do, if you do go this route, what I recommend is there are hosting providers called manage WordPress or manage WooCommerce hosting. And they're, they're really on their game. They will make sure your site is up and running and they will usually keep it very optimized for you. So if you have a managed WooCommerce or managed WordPress or managed WooCommerce hosting um, platform uh, or host they will they will take care of a lot of the the basics for you, and then you can customize anything. That image problem I had, I can solve that when I run my own site. Um, you might not have been able to solve the Shopify, right? And I can install right. third parties for, um, you know, what's that? Uh, you know, uh, Joe, someone named Joe in Scranton just bought a copy yeah. of Fry Thief five minutes ago, right? Like if that if I have a problem with one of those in Shopify, I can switch to a different one in WordPress. That's a little hosted service uh in in most cases um for wordpress so you can you can get little bits of of hosted for your e-commerce tech stack and then just the core website is sort of hosted on your own and with a managed host you're generally very good the the one thing i just want to point out here i see this literally every day in woocommerce facebook groups is people say why why is my website slow and it's because they're on like three dollar a month hosting you gotta I think Shopify is, you know, $29 a month. So for WordPress hosting, make sure you're, it's probably going to be managed WordPress or managed WooCommerce hosting. It's going to be at least 15 bucks a month, probably maybe more like 20. Uh, if you're paying that, you're probably getting something valuable and they'll make sure your site is up and running, you know, 99.99% of the time or whatever it is. Yeah. Awesome. And, and a couple of episodes ago, um, we'll be sure to link that in the show notes over at plesk.com. Um, we did talk to Patrick Garman about, kind of ways that you as a developer or a store owner can optimize your website. Um, and if you are looking for, you know, uh, good tools for helping you manage WordPress, um, Plesk has the fantastic WordPress toolkit. But uh, I think, I, I really think that that's a, a great approach, especially because we have these low-code, no-code mm-hmm. solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I launched a, a community uh, for my students and my podcast members this year 
uh, and I was going to use BB Press, yeah. right? And there's nothing wrong with BB Press, uh, but I didn't feel like putting in the 40 hours of work to yep. customize BB Press. So I, uh, using uh, WooCommerce and Zapier, uh, can send anybody who purchases a course an invite to my Circle community nice. uh, at Circle.so. So, um, I, you know, I think that the the question you probably want to answer is uh, time versus money, or yep. uh, knowledge versus um, want the need to learn. We'll yep. say, uh, do you want to spend your time spinning your wheels, learning these extra tools, or do you maybe want to use WooCommerce because you can customize the look and the feel, and there's this killer feature for WooCommerce that's like maybe too expensive over on Shopify, but then use a, a hybrid tool for your reporting, your community, or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Patrick, this has been truly fantastic. You are a wealth of knowledge in, in e-commerce. Uh, if people want to, to uh, find out more about you, where can they find you? Ooh, fun. So um, I have a technical blog, which is probably the most relevant place. So that's speakinginbytes.com. That's computer bytes. So B-Y-T-E-S.com. Um, that's probably the best place. Hit me up on Twitter. I am at BF Trick. That's B as in board game, F as in fun, and Trick as in trick-taking games. By the way, that is my sign-off on my board game podcast. Uh, most people here probably don't need to listen to my board game podcast, but if you really want to, it's indie board game designers. So you can, you know, if you want to get nerdy, check me out there. Absolutely. I, uh, a podcast is the best place to, um, to you know, get more listeners because they're listening to podcasts. And there we go. I've listened, I've listened to Patrick's podcast. It's, I'm not a board game designer. I yeah. play some, but it's, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, learn, you know, how the sausage gets made, kind of. Um, I will link to those things and everything we talked about uh, over at Plesk.com in the show notes. Uh, if you liked this episode, please consider uh, following. That is the new nomenclature. Uh, for podcasting uh, Apple Podcasts has switched to their subscribe button to follow um, and thanks so much to uh, for listening to Next Level Ops until next time remember to take it to the next level <laughs>